Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Tim Kachuriak. Tim, did I get your last last name right? Yeah, you nailed it. It's great. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> you are the founder and CEO of Next After, and you are found on the web at nextafter.com. Uh, and I'm really excited to learn about, so in the nonprofit world, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you know, where they're looking at, um, you know, mo- like most nonprofits, Fundraising is like, you know, kind of the centerpiece of where the money comes from so that they can make the impact in the world that they desire. And that's where you come in. And so you advise on that. So, uh, so, so Tim, I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from there and explain where, where next after fits. Yeah, absolutely. So next after is really three things. So we are a fundraising research lab. Um, we're a consultancy and we're a training institute. And those three pieces really fit together to form our unique value proposition. So starting first with the research, we do two types of research, both forensic and applied. When I refer to forensic, basically that means analyzing large amounts of data across the nonprofit sector, across multiple verticals. And what we're looking for in the data is patterns that lead to opportunities to unlock greater digital fundraising performance. So we're hyper, hyper focused around digital. We believe like many, it's the future of fundraising, but it's still an underdeveloped channel for many organizations in the space. Uh, Quite frankly, the challenge with our research is that the kind of data we're most interested in analyzing either doesn't exist Mm. or it's not readily accessible. And that's because what we're most interested in is trying to experience the charity, the nonprofit, the NGO from the donor's point of view. And so to capture that perspective, we found the easiest way is just by becoming donors ourselves. And so that's what we do. Two to four times a year, we'll launch one of these major mystery donor studies. You're familiar (laughs) with like mystery shopper kind of things where we go and subscribe to hundreds of different organizations at the same time. We monitor everything they send us, every email, text message, voicemail. We get boxes and boxes of direct mail. We parse through each of those pieces of correspondence and we wait for the organizations to invite us in as a financial partner by giving a gift. And when they do that, we go online to their website and we'll give a donation as small as $20, as large as $5,000, and then continue to monitor how these organizations communicate with us over time. And what we're trying to do is really understand like the donor journey, right? From being the casual visitor to subscriber to donor and beyond. And so we learn a lot when we do these studies and we find where the gaps are in terms of how nonprofits communicate their value to their constituents. And then we take what we learn and we bring it over to the other part of research we do, which is applied research, using the web as a laboratory, not just a channel. And we run rigorous scientific experiments trying to understand what works and what doesn't. So we've documented about 3,800 experiments across a whole range of organizations. And we take everything we learn from the research, from the testing, 
over to the two other parts of our company, the Institute, that's the training equipping arm of Next After. We've got templates, guides, tools. We've developed nine different certification courses. We host an annual conference, which uh, is actually next week in Kansas City. We're hosting an event for about 800 digital fundraisers. Uh, should be a really good time. And then the last thing we do is we also mine all of the metadata contained within our body of research, and we bring it over into the consultancy. And we work directly with large nonprofits to help them to optimize their their giving programs. Yeah, I you know I, I I'm really fascinated with you know this concept of you know this donor user journey, and mm -hmm. I'll tell you that there's been a couple of times where. Um, and, and I'll just be very transparent. So um, there, let's say there was, a, or, you know, even like um, there was a, a particular podcaster that I really, really loved. And, and you know, he doesn't have advertisers. I mean, it is absolutely just kind of a social good kind of, you know, helping a community sort of thing. And he said, you know, well, you know, you could, you know, do our $20 a month, you know, um, supporter thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then, I did it and then nothing happened. Like, and from my experience, like there was no communication. There was no, I, I'm, and it's, I, I feel like I, I felt like, am I being selfish? Right. You know, because I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart, but it was kind of like, it's like, it, it felt like, you know, the tree falling in the woods and no one hearing it. I, like yeah. I did, is it really going where it's supposed to go? Is it exactly. what's yeah. happening? Like, and, and I felt um, kind of, I'll be honest, a very kind of just, it wasn't fun. You know, it wasn't right. fun to give. I knew in my heart that it was the right thing, but I think it was after four months, I, I stopped the subscription. And yeah. cause I'm like, I didn't even know, you know, it's like I had even no confirmation other than I could check in PayPal. I was like, okay, the money's going out and it didn't require, it. I wasn't asking for much. Right. 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 But I just think there was so much opportunity to improve the user experience. Something as simple as that, my little That's $20 right. a month gift, I wonder how many other people experience what I experience and then just like, well, I like what you're doing, but like, I don't feel like I'm a part of it. Like right. I wish I could. Yeah. Josh, honestly, your experience, unfortunately, is all too common. The case when it comes to nonprofit organizations, they're not doing some of the basic blocking and tackling very well. Let me give you an example. So we did this, uh, this mystery donor study a few years back called the, why should I give to you study? And we contacted 127 organizations and we contacted them four different ways. So we went to the website, we found the 1-800 number, we called them on the phone, we sent them an email through the contact us form, we messaged them on Facebook, and then we also took a screenshot of their donation page. And we asked them the same question in every channel. We said, hey, I was thinking of giving a gift. Can you tell me why I should give a gift to you rather mm -hmm. than some other organization or, or not at all? Which is... You know, the answer to that question is the essence of the nonprofit's value proposition. And that was what we were really digging into. What we were shocked at is that 35% of the organizations that we sent an email to asking this donor intent question never got back to us. Oh, 33%, no. 33% that we direct messaged on, on Facebook never got back to us. And when they did get back to us, the responses weren't great. Right. In some cases, they're like, you know, hey, here's a, here's a website. You can go learn more there. I was like, I was on your website. I called you on the phone. I emailed you from the website because I didn't get it and you're not helping me. So this basic level of just customer service, which you're, exp oh. you're expressing, 
seems to be uh, kind of the Achilles heel for many nonprofits. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So share a little bit of kind of a before and after, like, let's say like what could happen potentially. And I don't know if you have any good case studies. Let's sure. say there's a nonprofit listener conversation right now. And they say, doggone it. We are going to obsess over Cause I do. Mm-hmm. I obsess over customer journey because that's where my money comes from. That's right. You know, that's how I'm able to, you know, payroll, you know, take care of payroll, make an impact in the world. But if I don't provide an excellent customer journey for my customers, I don't make sales. I don't, that's my right. retention rate goes down. My everything, everything degrades. Yes. And yes. so I'm sure you've, you know, come up with some really great recommendations for nonprofits. They implement it. And then what happens? Well, we, this is why we do experimentation. So we'll take their current experience and then we'll create a new treatment and we'll do an A-B split test and we'll show them with real data, market tested data, the impact of making small changes to their program. So let me give you an example. So uh, this is this is kind of like the meta finding from a lot of our research. And it's not gonna sound all the, altogether like earth shattering, but it's this principle that people give to people. People don't give to emails machines. They don't give to websites. They don't give to direct mail campaigns. People give to people. And the more that we can actually humanize our communications and make it seem more and more like a one-to-one conversation, the more effective it is. So let me give you a very practical example. This is an experiment that we've run with dozens of organizations. We've done it in different countries and we've done it in different languages. And it has to do with email fundraising. So most nonprofits raise the majority of their funds online through email fundraising. So you probably have received emails, appeals from nonprofits asking you for money, especially at the year-end fundraising season towards you know Christmas and, and, and the holiday season. Um, and most nonprofit fundraising emails, if you look at them, they're very highly designed, right? They've got HTML and graphics and images and big clickable buttons. And if you like read the copy, and especially if it's a larger nonprofit organization, it sounds like the copy is written from a professional copywriter because it usually in fact is. And the problem with that approach, which everybody does, by the way, because everybody has, you know, MailChimp or Constant Contact or HubSpot that has these templates and they say, this is how you send emails. The problem with that approach is that when a potential donor sees that in their inbox, Mm. all they see is somebody trying to market to them. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And people don't want to be marketed to. They want to be nope. communicated with people, give to people, not to fundraising or fundraising machines. And so uh, one of the simple experiments we've done over and over again is we'll take their HTML designed email and we'll create a, a treatment. So we'll do an A-B split test. So 50% of their list gets the original email and then 50% gets a plain text email and we'll re- rewrite the copy. So it sounds like it's coming from one human to another human. And in those tests, almost every single time we see 200, 300, 400, 500% increase in donor response rates. Oh. So it's simple things like that can make all the difference when it comes to inspiring people to give. Mm. Incredible. I, and if someone, you went through those numbers really quickly. <laughs> and I, I, to our friend that's listening, I mean, if you're at the helm, you know, at a nonprofit, and I hope you go back and, and re-listen to those numbers and, and, and that case study uh, quickly, because that is the dramatic difference. Think of the effort, like all of the effort you put into your email newsletters, every nonprofit just prides themselves on those email newsletters. And, uh, you know, but yet again, if you just focus on, you know, you know, all the other stuff besides the, just the solicitations, um, you know, it's like, um, also think about this. Um, and I would love your take on this, Tim, Mm -hmm. what is the power of an empowered 
donor base who's passionate about the relationship, the human to human relationship that they have with this nonprofit in terms of like, if they love it's like, yeah. not only do I appreciate them and what they're doing and the impact in the world, but I, I feel like I'm in a club. I feel like I belong. I feel like I'm a part of this. And like, that's intoxicating. And, yes. and I think about what I'm excited about here, th- you know, just kind of talking this out is think about that army of evangelists that That's can right. go out and do your work for you can not only do they believe in your impact and your mission, but they also love the experience of belonging and want to advocate and think about all of the things that people are constantly advocating for because they love the experience on social media. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. Wow. But let me, let me take it a step further because there's yeah. a very, very pragmatic reason why you need to really focus on building the relationship with your donors. And this is something that separates nonprofit organizations from for-profit organizations. Think about this. With a nonprofit organization, we don't have a fixed price, right? The donors decide how much they're going to give. And based on our research, when we help the donor to understand the value proposition and understand the reasons why they should give, and if we cultivate that relationship through regular, consistent, two-way communication, those donors continue to upgrade their giving over time. And sometimes uh, they even leave a, an estate gift in their will, which is worth you know, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in revenue for the nonprofit organization. So there's a lot of reasons why really cultivating that relationship with the donor is in the best interest of the organization. And it, it doesn't take that much work, as you mentioned. Oh, um, when you work with a nonprofit, what does that engagement typically look like? Like, are, are you starting off by just kind of Yeah. Tell me more about that. Cause you you talked about, it sounded like you, you operate. So someone at the top hires you, you don't tell anybody, they don't (laughs) tell anybody. And then you go in and do the secret shopper thing. Well, we, we do that, that research independently. So, but what our client engagements look like is um, like, you know, we function as a digital fundraising agency. So, but, but if a nonprofit came to us and said, Hey, will you do our email fundraising? We'd say, no, will you go do our year end campaign? No. Will you go do Facebook advertising for us? No. Do we do that for all of our clients? Yes. 100%. But the first thing that we require every single organization that we work with to do is to do what we call the core comprehensive optimization roadmap engagement. It takes 12 weeks start to finish, and it begins with a deep dive into all of their data. So one of the things that nonprofits are sitting on top of is like massive amounts of incredibly valuable first-party data, but the data is trapped in these independent data silos. Like they've got their transaction data in their CRM system. They got their email Mm -hmm. data in their email system. They got their web analytic data in their web analytics system. They may have advertising data, app data, social data. None of it connects. None of it talks to each other. So the first thing we do is we have a team of data scientists that takes that disparate data and begins to piece it together. And what we're looking for is where's the greatest patterns and opportunities to unlock, you know, more giving for this organization. Mm -hmm. But the data doesn't give us the entire story because what we're looking at when we're looking at data is evidence of human behavior. These are people interacting with the organization's digital footprint and leaving a trail of breadcrumbs behind, right? So then we flip over to the user experience side. We go through all their websites, all their emails, all their social posts, all their online ads. And we're trying to marry up what we're seeing in the data to a specific stage of the donor journey. And we're saying, what can we change? What can we modify? What can we add? What can we take away? to move more people to the next step of the journey. And we begin to zero in a little bit you know, closer as to where we need to focus efforts. And then the last phase of our analysis, we really 
beat up the value proposition. And the reason why is because based off of all of our testing, all of our research, all of our experimentation, the number one thing that moves the needle in a significant way is how effectively these nonprofits communicate their value proposition. So we do an internal and an external audit. The internal audit looks at what do you think your value proposition is? We have a whole process of evaluating that and scoring that. And then we take screenshots of digital assets from the organization. We display it to a panel of likely online donors, and we ask them to answer similar questions. Mm. We're trying to assess the delta between how we articulate value within the organization and how people on the outside interpret it. We find that we're just totally missing each other. And that creates a whole range of different kind of messaging experiments we can run. And so at the end of this engagement, the final deliverable is a three-year strategic plan to systematically grow digital revenue. Uh, and then after the at the end of that process, generally speaking, about 83% of the organizations we take through that process then uh, hire us to help them execute some or all of the engagement uh, that's outlined in the roadmap. So that's kind of how our business really works. Yeah. Um, Tim, your website is mm -hmm. nextafter.com. What, what is next after? Where did that name come from? <laughs> I wish I could tell you I had like some cool like vision quest story or something <laughs> like, you know, peyote in a desert, but it was... Uh, I was working for another agency and things were a little bit messy there. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next after this, but it sure the heck isn't going to be this. And so I went to yeah. legalzoom.com and set up next after LLC. Um, there's a backstory there. I ended up like not, uh, I left next after on the shelf for a couple of years and stayed with the agency, uh, which was the best move. Um, but then, you know, we, we launched a few years later and the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, when somebody goes to your website, what should they click on? What do they do? Um, the, the best place to go is to, is the learn category. So there's a whole bunch of free resources for nonprofits. We have templates, we have guides, we've got like, you know, eBooks, we have all kinds of downloadables for those who really, really want to go deeper. Uh, we have nine different certification courses offered through our next after Institute. And many of those courses, we work hard to find, uh, technology partners that will sponsor those to make them free. Uh, so some of them are paid, some of them are free, uh, but you can go check out some of that stuff and, and hopefully find some value there. Yeah. All right. Tim Kachuriak, uh, again, founder, CEO of Next After, found on the web at nextafter.com. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stop by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.